This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranla, called butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, OK, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm Not Here to Hurt You, a brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now wherever you get your podcasts. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello and welcome to the Troy and Hurling show with me, Michael Verley, and we're prepared for the biggest week in the hurling calendar. Delighted to be joined by Eddie Brennan, John Milan, and former uh, Limerick hurler Tom Condon to look ahead to a Mount Watering final between Limerick and Kilkenny. Tom, I'll go to you first, uh, seeing as you're our guest. What's it like down in Limerick at the moment, preparing for you know a possible four in a row? I'd imagine things are at a fever pitch down there. Ah, uh, yeah. Look, there's, there's there's a great buzz around the county, like and yeah, uh, you flags, headbands, everything going around the place. And um, the, the lad was down at the, I think the Iron Dame were down for an all kind of up for the match there. Uh, Tuesday morning, like they had all the kids out and stuff like that, and and stuff like. That. So look, we're all looking forward to it. It is a massive occasion, like and then, look, it's a chance for. First of all, is this Limerick team to kind of stamp, you know, that, look, they're, they're up there, one of the, the great teams that, um, I suppose, you'd be looking at Kilkenny, what they did, like, in four in a row. So, like, to be put in that same genre, like, would be absolutely massive for them. Is, is it a bit hard to believe in any way, Tom? Like, you soldiered for a long time without without any success, and then you got two All-Irelands at, at the tail end of your career. Is this a bit hard to believe, like, Limerick going for four in a row, only two teams have ever done it, Cork in the, in the 40s and Kilkenny in the noughties, and, your lads have a chance of achieving it on Sunday. Yeah, I kind of held on there like I was holding on. <laughs> got, look, I got I got two medals like so. Like it was a massive thing for me. But um, look, we would have taken the one at Ireland in 2018. Like, and the whole county would have like just just to win one is is just a massive thing. Like, but what this group have done since is just absolutely phenomenal. Like, and I don't think we really envisioned that we'd see such success. Like. Um, I, I definitely didn't think see we'd be going for four in a row like in, in 2017 or 2018 like when, when John first came on board I, I knew there was the potential to win in Ireland but I, I didn't think that this kind of success would follow it like and it's just a testament to these players and management like where they, they've got about their business John I'll just throw it over to you you obviously played in the, the 08 final what's the build up to an All-Ireland final like what are the what are the two squads going through in these kind of days I know um Maybe no, that would be harsh to say you lost a run of yourselves in 08, but you definitely uh, enjoyed the build-up anyway. But what what's it like for a player, uh, and how do you cocoon yourself away from all the hype in the days that that come before the biggest day in the hurling calendar? Well, I suppose the, the, the beautiful thing for for both these counties, you know, they've experienced final after final after final, and look, I suppose you take the learnings from every final. I I, I would imagine like. Thomas of Alden two finals. I suppose the, the second final was the was the was the COVID final. But you know, I think Limerick would have taken great learnings from the, the 2018 final. And the fact that Limerick won an All Ireland and an awful lot of that team were were so young would have would have helped our cause as well. But I suppose for the likes of a county like ourselves, you know, playing in an All Ireland for the first time since 1963, you know, you were trying to insulate yourself from from do as well as you could to insulate yourself from from the hype around and that was very difficult it was very challenging I suppose I would have taken great learnings from you know what I'd done wrong in the in the lead up to to that game uh, and I suppose from my own point of view in the aftermath of that that final I I, I would have said to myself well look I'm not going to do X, Y, and Z ever again. Give us uh, a couple of give us a couple of examples of what X, Y, and Z would have been. Well, I suppose look, I would have worked on the Friday. Would have 
went into a school on a, on a Friday out in Tremor and I remember, you know, uh, the school principal calling you know, nearly the whole, every classroom in, in, into the hall and, and, and I was brought into the hall just about two days before a match. And I, and I remember coming out of school in the aftermath saying, Jesus, it was it was it was a lovely touch out of the school, but I was saying in my in my own mind that's something you would do in the aftermath if you're after winning Lee, Lee McCarthy. Uh, and I remember even even you know to follow on from that, even an hour or two two hours after that, I had to go down to the to the beach and kind of clear my head. Uh, now look, I suppose in the aftermath of that. I said, if, if I ever got back there again, I wouldn't put myself in any of those in any of those positions. I would keep myself away from 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 the public, you know, away from talking to people. Uh, I even remember, you know, when all are in semi final, where you know there was a wedding before the Kilkenny game, and I decided not to go to to the wedding stuff like that. It just, you know, you know, and and I think that's what what an awful Rose Limerick and, and Kilkenny players will will will. Will actually do this week. I'd say, you know, an awful lot of them will, you know, trying to be, will try to say to themselves, you know, I suppose when you have a certain quota of holidays as well that you can take, you know, you want to try and keep the, the holidays for the aftermath of the final, like the Monday, the Tuesday, the Wednesday, probably the potentially the whole week. But that's where your employer, a good employer comes into it and say, well, look, you know what, take the Friday off or take a half day Friday or, you know, take, take off the Thursday. Um, and, you know, luckily enough, for a lot of these players, they will have employers that will be in a position to say, well, look, you know what, uh, don't come in Friday or, you know, finish up on Thursday and, you know, you can, it won't affect your your, your holiday quota going forward, you know? Yeah, it's funny, um, you, Brendan Cummins used to always take a half day on Friday, but I think he said before 2011 finally ended up driving somewhere a decent distance to drop a ticket to someone. Um, and he just he remembers it saying after it was absolute madness. Jackie Terrell walked down the main street of Kilkenny for about an hour or two before one of the All-Ireland finals when he was only a, a young, inexperienced dad and was talking to everybody. And, and he just said he'd, ne- he'd never kind of do it again. It's amazing the things. Yeah. It's yeah, only, only from experience that you, that you t- realise. T- you know? Tickets and, and banquets were an absolute nightmare. Were an absolute nightmare, you know. And I remember, you know, and it's more, it's more, it's more, I think, your friends and that kind of realise that, you know, and I'm not going to go in on them. I'll try and get my own tickets. But it's kind of nearly more family, family members that, you know, they just pop out of nowhere and say, look, geez, then you have your mother, your mother, auntie, or your father, auntie, say, look, can you, can you get two, two tickets for such an auntie or two tickets for such an uncle? Like, and it's no disrespect, I suppose. They all want to be, you know, present there on the day to, you know, hopefully try and witness, uh, you know, history being made. But, you know, I, I found that very difficult. You know, it was it was the tickets and you know sorting out the banquets. But look, I think nowadays probably Tom will touch on it, Eddie will touch on it. I think that's probably taken away from from an awful lot of players. And again, I go back to it. That's that's the beauty about these two teams. You know, they take the learnings from 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 playing the previous finals and and dealing with all that type of stuff. You know, Eddie, you've played in more All Irelands and prepared for more All Irelands than most people have had hot dinners. What was your um? What was your Perfect preparation by the time you got to near the end of your career. What was the the, the kind of point where you got to, you know, this is exactly what I'm going to do. This works for me. Did you used to, did you work oxygen on the Saturday sometimes actually? Yeah. Uh, I used to work at Electric Picnic. It was great for the four in a row. <laughs> um, I used to go in like, you know, a pair of combat shorts or wellies and an old mad t-shirt and a big baseball hat, and if you got an old set of old sunglasses off some of the traders, so you were just blending in. It was great. Um, we were working just the, the search areas and things like that, so it was grand. And I used to have I'd get up in the morning, and I'd have me me tub of pasta and chicken boiled up and made. And it's just every so often the lads just be laughing. You'd be tipping away probably three or four times. I'd hit to that bucket of pasta, and you'd be tipping away. Uh, but it was a grand way to just kind of, I always liked being busy. And again, everyone has their own way of doing it. Uh, I do know in that in 04, uh, I got very much caught up and in the ticket thing. <laughs> I got caught up in a few little endorsements and I got caught up in just distractions. Uh, and you have to go there to come back uh, to learn that. But I will agree with what John said there. 
it's often your family can be the worst offenders and they don't realize they're doing it. They don't realize it. it's not our badness or anything like that. But I had like, and they were coming looking for you. And then the mother was coming back. She going, oh yeah, no, they're looking for different things. Like, is, is there better? And I was like, oh, please. And you get stressed and you get dragged into that. And you do, it's a distraction. And I think, just on a, one issue, I think the, the two weeks preparing is not good. I don't think that's fair on people because there's a lot that goes into preparing teams for All-Irelands. You know, with the football on last week, it's very rushed. So I think one more week takes the pressure off players, especially because if you're a manager, and Limerick are very fortunate now, they, they, they have a good system, they have a good liaison probably there looking after all this. And I know Brian Cody often said to us, lads, straight away, once we knew we're in the All-Irelands, the following Monday and Tuesday at training, everything was done and dusted. Your ticket orders were put in, measured for suits, all that stuff. And he said, lads, put it to bed now. He said, and I used to just get my, eventually then through 07 and 08 and that, I used to, the second round, I ordered my initial round of tickets. That was given to them, the mother, you look after all that. And then the sister was appointed to maybe go in and liaise with the county board if she needed more. Just took it out of your hands because you have to be very, very cold with that and say, look, I can't get caught up in all of that. We have a job to do and you have to stay focused. And that's why I think if it's one little thing that needs to be tweaked with the calendar year, we won't get into that today, obviously. But I do think opening up a three-week window to let teams prepare properly for an All-Ireland is important to get the sideshows out of the way and equally promoted. I think this All-Ireland final has just slipped into the calendar without the razzmatazz that normally goes with our showpiece event in the calendar year. Yeah, no, I'd, ag- I'd agree with that. The two-week gap probably and rising hotel costs has probably led into the fact that there's no banquets after the, the game on Sunday evening, not not up in Dublin anyway. They're all, both teams are heading back down the country, which is which would be unfortunate. And even the visit to the Children's Hospital as well, which is a big part of the All-Ireland winners, I think that's hopefully that will, you know, we'll be able to find a happy medium in, in years to come. But we're talking about preparation there, Tom. What about the preparation of, you know, a fella that's probably going to feature... I, I, at some stage, potentially from the start, getting married the day before. Killian Bucky <laughs> getting married the day before. I think they scheduled the wedding for, they based it on the calendar last year when the All-Ireland was and they said they'd get married what was six days after. Everything went back a week this year. Now, I know his, his fiance fairly understanding. I think she's uh, uh, of good hurling Toronto stock. Woman, yeah. yeah, good hurling stock. The Dowlands that make the star hurls. But imagine getting married, Tom, the day, the day before an All-Ireland final. It's uh, an interesting weekend for him, to say the least. You think they'd push it out another week or two? Like, <laughs> But look, uh, yeah, it's, look, it's not ideal. But um, again, going back to what John was saying, like, you know, it's th- these little distractions before games that can kind of drain you and, and, and take away from it. Like, But look, I, I suppose... Killian, he's 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 been around the block, like so he knows how to deal with this kind of stuff. And look, I suppose there might be a few lads there that they'll know, like they, they'll slip away maybe there after the dinner, like and just keep a low profile. But it's it's not ideal. Um, touching on like even twenty eighteen when we were preparing, like um, all as Eddie was saying, all that kind of stuff was was dealt with two weeks beforehand, and that's where Caroline Curd kind of came in. She had the experience and the knowledge of all that, like, and she nipped all that straight away. So, like, there was no distractions. You had your ticket order gone, and that was it. Once the order went in, there was no more, like, no more dealing with that. The bank- banquets were looked after, suits, that was all done two, two or three weeks prior to it, like, and there was a cutoff then, like, and there was no going back. So, like, she was she was on her game that way. And uh, look, it, it, was, it was the first time we were, I suppose, in that, such a high profile game as well. Like, it's just a testament to them, like, you know you'll be saying coming up to your first kind of All-Ireland final like there'd be so many distractions but like Caroline just made it made everything on on the head like and, and, and knocked it so like we were well drilled and well prepared going into 2018 but look it's, it's not ideal for Killian but um, it's been done I suppose look at John Conlon he was we left the brothers wedding to go to the game and stuff like that so look it's, it's not ideal but I don't think it'll be too much of a distraction to them Eddie if Brian Cody was manager would this wedding be cancelled? I suppose I'll just bring you back to some of the, the the conversations and we used to be laughing about this because I think Henry got married in maybe April or 07, I think. But after that, like, they were all winter weddings. So, like, it was a real... And we'd be chatting. So, well, what was the story? And, uh, well, when you're planning it out, oh, she was on about, you know, during the summer. And I just looked at her and goes, during the summer? Sure, that's not a runner. And that was it. Like, it was just, what do you mean it's in the summer? Think about that for a second. It was almost to the point that goes, no, 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 so that's not going to work. And I can tell you now, like, you wouldn't even go near 
like Brian with that. I remember having to, a good friend of mine there. Uh, he's down from Limerick, right? In Oasis. In Oasis, I remember I was supposed to stand at the altar with this fella, and we were on a training camp, right? Uh, above in, uh, above in uh, Seafield in Wexford. And I said, she's in the run up to it. I said to him, uh, yeah, Brian, I said, uh, just have a wedding there. Just about three weeks in advance. And I think Mick Cavanagh's sister was in the same boat the same Saturday. So, Buddy was brilliant in that if he didn't want to answer and he wanted to buy a bit of time, he'd turn around and he'd say to Mick Dempsey, Mick, Eddie, wants, uh, Eddie has a wedding there. What do you think about that? And, and, and all he was doing was deflecting over to Mick. And they had this, they, they were so good at it. Like Dempsey, Dempsey then would go, well, whose wedding is it? And he'd asking a few probing questions. And Cody would be sitting there and the hamster would be going, going, is this lad for real? <laughs> so he just turned around and he said to me, he said, so who's this lad? And I said, oh, he's a good friend of mine. They trained with him up through the years and I lived with him. And he says, uh, all right, he said, I'm sure, will there be time enough for weddings when you get older? Uh, you know, when you're gone. And he said, like, you won't ever get a chance to win three in a row. And he was really driven on the three in a row in Oasis. And he said, uh, I said, you know, what, actually, Brian, when he asked Mick Dempsey, what do you think, Mick? I said, you know what, forget I asked. Just forget I asked. Just go, you didn't want him to know that you were anyway off the ball or if you're looking sideways at all. It was nearly the optics of it. And afterwards, I remember going away and he said, jeez, I knew I shouldn't have asked him. I just say nothing. And uh, that was the way it was. He was just singular-minded. And I think even, I could be correct on this, Mick having his sister was getting married the same Saturday. And I'd imagine the conversation was something similar as well. Like So, um, Jesus, yeah, I think I think if, if Killian Buckley flagged this early doors and the poor devil, because the club championship is going to kick in in two weeks' time or three weeks' time in Kilkenny. So poor Killian, I can just imagine him uh, in his own head trying to push that in there and hope but, that she'll run with it. <laughs> but am, 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 am I right in saying this, that, that uh, Big Walter is the best man? Yeah, Big Walter's supposed to be the best yeah, man. Yeah. He's supposed to be, he's supposed <laughs> he, to be getting married. He's supposed to be getting married the week after as well. So he, he's getting married the week after. The week after. So like, Jesus, where where was the kind of logic in this thing? Like, was it one night that the two lads <laughs> sat down with the two women and said, "Hey, you know what, lads, we're, we're, we're going to get like, you get married one week in July, and I'll get married the, the, the week after." I couldn't think of anything worse now. I, I'd be yeah. straight up to you. I'd be straight up to you before. And now the one thing that they probably have in their favour is that. The two of them might be, you know, might 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 come on or they, they might start, but I'm only going back to my wedding. Jesus Christ, I was absolutely shitting myself the day. I shit myself the day of the wedding. <laughs> not a, not alone a match. And I'd be straight with you. The one thing that was my saviour was that I was able to kind of get a little uh, a little brandy into me before the before the before the wedding. Now they don't have <laughs> they don't have that luxury. The water no. now and Killian yeah. Buckley don't have that luxury. And look, I was good for I'd be good to give a, a speech in front of the crowd, but I'll never, I'll never forget it. The morning of the wedding, I was saying, fucking oh, hell, Jesus. This, I was absolutely shit myself. It, 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 it sounds like... Then, then go through the drain of the church. Then you're going through yeah, the drain yeah. of coming out of the church. Then you have to go through the whole, uh, you know, the meal. Then you have to go through the whole speech. Then you have the first dance. Then you have, let me see whatever. Like, I'm sure then it was he going to be carry going to tip off the half nine ten o'clock in the night of his old wedding. So <laughs> Jeez, I don't know, but it, it sounds like one of those things where do you know the way I think fellas we kind of have a little plan in our head and then we sit there and the hamster is doing two hundred miles an hour when you're planting the little seeds and then they're not they're they're hooking so the two boys maybe would have collaborated and said right this is how we'll steer them this way or whatever and then. It kind of goes wrong for you. (laughs) And the longer you stay leaving it and you don't intervene hard from the word go, then the worse it gets because the longer you leave it, it just manifests. You go, oh, there's no going back now. We may just agree to go with it. I got got married in in, in April of 2011 and it was the the first week in April. I I, I planned it now. Now, the the rest she she planned, but it was was, the day was definitely around the, the championship and when I was playing Ireland, the rest you leave the leave the women at it. The way I planned it was that right, I was going to get a good block of training in, a good league campaign, and then I was going to miss the last game of, of the, the league section. And I was saying to my own mind, right, I, I was going to go off I think with Mauritius when off the Mauritius time, I was going to get a good week in the sun, rest up and be ready to come back for the championship. But you even take water, lads, if he's coming on and it's squeaky bum time, and it's nip and tuck, which I'm thinking it's going to be. He's going to yeah. have it in the back, back of his mind saying, holy shit now, I'm going, I possibly might have to go through this next week if there's going to be the, the possibility of a replay. And you know, so, if there's a replay. Uh, 
They may just win it all. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly it, <laughs> lads. Just anyone out there, lads or ladies, anyone that's listening, uh, John Milan is not on social media. But if you want his number for wedding planning, just drop me a text or go on to me on Twitter. This man has it all sorted out. Well, the plan, there's only one plan. If you're a GA player, don't get married in July. All right, <laughs> that's the only plan. And you can, as Eddie said. From from November to anywhere up to April, you're okay. Well, with the new with the new champion, but I'd be thinking November up to February, you're okay. But there's one there's one one no no, and that's don't get married married in July. <laughs> Tom, we might talk about action on the pitch a small bit here, and you've obviously um been privy to to John Kiley's methods and how he operates. Like, is it what's the what's the you know the hidden factor or the hidden ingredient? He's played. 12, he's managed 12 finals senior level with Limerick and they've won all 12 of them. Uh, some people thinking maybe this could be unlucky number 13. But wh- what is it that when Limerick get to a final under John that they're just always able to get, always able to get a result? Is there, what's, what's the ingredient in that? Well, I suppose it's the knowledge that or knowing that they have all the work put in like, and it's just a chance to just let go and express yourself. Like, and look, John, John is always a big... Um, advocate of honesty and stuff like that and giving a hundred percent and look if you're if you're flat after 30 minutes whatever you just know that there's another man going to come in and do the exact same thing like and it's look it's always been the, the whole way through John's regime like is that when you go training or you go playing a match or something you just go hell for letter like and just give it your all and that's all he asked and like John is in fairness he's a very honest guy like and he'll give it to you straight like uh, if you're going bad if you're going good he'll tell you what to do if, to get back onto the game day panel or whatever like that so like John and Paul's philosophy is like you just go you train 120% and you just know that you have that extra 20% in you that the matches are never going to probably live up to the intensity of trainings and stuff like that and you just train at such a high tempo and, and the games and training and stuff like that the small side of games that Paul does like are just so high intensity and stuff like that that you know that you you are going to be able to deal deal with it when it comes to a game day. So like it's just and John is just always telling fellas just to go out and enjoy their hurling. Like and most of these guys go out and be smiling nearly when they're playing the game. They just love it like and they enjoy it. We're probably going to talk about the bench in a minute, Tom. But like if you look at talking about having lads prepared and if a lad can go forty minutes, he goes it and then another man comes in. Like your bench has been huge throughout this run. Like you ended up on the pitch in uh, the the hand of the famous hand of Tom that caught the ball at the very end. You ended up on the pitch. Richie McCarthy ended up like there was loads of lads rolling on and off, and it's been the same since. Um, like he has a lot of trust in what's not even on the fifteen by all accounts as well. Oh, a big time, like, and and again, look, John was just a massive believer in having finishers, is what he calls it, or draw coming onto the game. And, and like, they, uh, look, Eddie can relate to this, like the A versus B games that we have in training, like, draw those skin and hair flying, like, draw, the, and the B team would more often than that be, you could yeah. say, the starting team and stuff like that, and, and to be give, to be driving it onto him as well, like, you know, love last. And, there used to be a few arguments as well, but uh, we won't go into that. <laughs> but, um, that, that. That's a nice diplomatic term, Tom. A couple of arguments. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. A few disagreements. Gentlemen disagreements. Yeah, yeah. Gentlemen uh, disagreements. Yeah. <laughs> but look, every, everyone just left it on the pitch then, like, and once they came off the pitch, like, it was the fellas, they're all best friends, like, and they just have great trust in each other, like, that each other is driving each other on, like, and you're just doing it to get the best out of each other. But like John is always saying, like that it's not about the fifteen, like, and he's always chirping on about it's the thirty-six or the thirty-seven, the panel, like, and every one of them has a job to do, and you can only name so many on game day. But John has full trust in whoever he names that they're going to do a job because he can call on any one of them at any time. Like he's just always been a big believer of that, that you have to have a strong panel like to to win something. I might get you all to pick out one key matchup, maybe that that you think could decide the game. I'll start with you, John. Um, what's the if you're to zone in on one matchup, or you know one fella that needs to stop another fella for his team to win? Where where, where would you start? Well, look, the the the, the main one that's sticking out. Look, he's in horror year form. It's Galan. I mean, if you're if you're uh, Derek Ling, you're saying right. What do we got to do to stop stop Galan? Uh, you're trying to pick out a chap, and there's no better lad who 
you'd be thinking, no, but the lad out there at the present moment of time, who's good in the air, touch tight, fast, has marathon before, has done relatively good, and that's you, Lawler. And I think that's that's a massive, massive battle. And if look, if you, Lawler, then some way negate the influence of, of Galan, I think Kilkenny have, have a decent chance. So I think that would be would be probably the big battle for me, I would think, you know. Eddie, uh, anyone in particular for you, when I'm thinking myself, I think Galan is the finisher, but I think Kilkenny need to stop at that source and I think they need to stop yeah. Darrow. I think they need to stop Darrow Donovan. To me, he's, I, the, he's I, the man. Was, yeah, I was talking about it last night and I felt that the benches are going to be massively decisive. I think Kilkenny need a massive twist out of their bench because they're going up against arguably the, you know, the, the, the best finishers going. But the more I thought about it, I said, stop Galan right but you can restrict it and limit it so the, the, the example I gave is last year Limerick got 16 points clean off their own puckouts. if Kilkenny can make a 15% or 20% save in there they were all Ireland champions last year so it's not a case of I think you know you set a lot out to, to, to mark a fella and obviously you want him to clean him but I think with the way this Limerick team play you can't do that so all it is is you negate the source and Dara Donovan is the key man you look at, he always looks for Galan. He's able to sit back, even just stepping backwards, that left-handed stroke that he can put across in front of him. So I think the key is going to be there, is that you have to limit Donovan. And Tom Morris, he probably comes out and plays deep as well. They're looking to feed him all the time. So uh, 16, we spoke about last night as well. Shamie Callum was able to point where he wants the ball. The point is, you have to cut it out with source. And that's why... Kilkenny have to go to war there. They have to make sure that they're at least forcing the Limerick lads not to break out in that tackle, get the little pop passes going, get the heads up and fire the ball because that's what Galan does better than anyone. I, as a forward, and John maybe the same, I would, and Tom knows from the opposite side, I would love to be on the receiving end of all that ball that Galan gets because they look to feed him in the best possible way and he is the, the ultimate finisher. So for me, who, who picks up? Is it Conor Fogarty going to go and try nullify Donovan, Darrell Donovan, because he's been one of the silent linchpins of this Limerick team? I think, I think, I think from you, Lawler's point of view, if, if he happens to, to go in on Galan, I think it's just naturally going to be given that Galan is going to pick him off for a score to. I don't think he can, with, with, the, with the type of ball that's going in that, he can curtail his influence for. 73, 74 minutes. And I think, look, you Lawler has done relatively good on him. I think last year he was he was brilliant. And I, and I go back to it, lads. I, I touched on it last week. I think Derek Ling has to start Walter Welch. I think, uh, like, I, I don't, I don't buy this talk that, you know, we can, we can try and, try and curtail Limerick or try and stay in the match as long as we can and then we offload the bench for 50 minutes to go. I would be thinking the opposite. I think Kilkenny have to get off to a good start, try and stay in the game for as much as possible. And I think, I don't see enough of physicality up top, particularly if Adrian Mullen is going to go into midfield. Am I seeing enough in Tom Feeling? Uh, you know, Billy Ryan is, is not a physical player. Mossy Keown possibly is John Donnelly. I don't think there's enough physical players up yeah. top. And that's why I think Baron Walter Welch, you touched on it, if he was to go in on, on, on uh, say, Kyle say and he was to go toe-to-toe in the physical stakes, maybe even put him on the, on the, on the back foot at times, it would, it would throw the question back to Limerick, well, well, what are you going to do? I wouldn't be waiting for, say, 50, 55 minutes, then we'll ring in Walter Welch. I would be starting yeah. Walter Welch the weekend. Like 2019, all over. Yeah, exa- exactly, yeah. And they'll go, and like if you look back to that 2019 game, it was the start that Kilkenny got. I think they were 1-6 to a point up, and you were chipping away, Tom, the whole way back, but you just couldn't get back after that start. So that's going to be interesting, because I do think um, Tom Feeling's kind of a new kid on the block this year, and he definitely is physical enough, because he hit John Conlon a fair shot in the, in the semi-final and really knocked the wind out of him. But to go toe-to-toe with Burns or Hayes is probably a different proposition. Was it, like, in 2019, yeah. like, Walter Walsh, he was starting half-forward. Like, like the, yeah. the, the, the intensity they brought that day for the first 30 minutes was off the charts. Like, and you could see, uh, watching it like the, from, from the bench, you could see like on the puckouts, they were sprinting back the field 
to cut out the space for Hegarty, Morrissey, and Kyle, I think at the time, or, or Keane. But like they were up, they were up and down the flanks and they were so physical. Like it was it, it's never been matched on the intensity index, we call it, like that the, just the, the tackling and stuff like that. It just blew Limerick off the field and they just didn't have enough time to recover. Like and we were at sixes and sevens and you were you were just going Joe, you were going against the wind there, trying to chip away, chip away, and we just ran out of time. Like but they just blew us off the field there in the first 20, 25 minutes of that first half. And they need to do that. John is right, like. They can't be waiting until the last 15 minutes to maybe bring these guys off the bench. They need to go from the work goal, like, you know. What's the intensity index, Tom? Exactly. What what does that consist of? You might be able to give us one of the secrets <laughs> behind Shawnee O'Donnell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Look, it's just kind of how many tackles you make on the opposition per minute, like, and there's just there's different KPIs and stuff like that that we used to go off, like, and you need to reach a certain level. And if you reach that level, more often than not, you'll win, you'll win the game. Like if you're tackling and it, more often than not, it's, it, if the, the forwards are making double the amount of tackles that the backs are making, you know, it's just a little thing that we used to go off like that. Um, we, we reach a certain target of how many tackles we want to make and stuff that if, the, if you reach that, then you have a fair chance of, uh, of, of winning the game. I think a big one, and I, I want to ask Eddie a question, we're hearing that Blanchfield could potentially be out. Eddie. I think that's going to be a massive, massive loss for for Kilkenny if Blanchfield is out and like I, I just think he's a very very underrated player and I think going into this match his matchup potential matchup with, with, with Hegarty uh, could be another key battle and if he's out I think that's going to be a significant loss for Kilkenny Yeah it's been kept very very tight and there's just speculation and you're saying you know you're hearing little bits and pieces but I think it's probably going to be uh, maybe Saturday morning when the team starts filtering out but uh, I wouldn't be just and, and if it is it, I agree with John he, he looked to be measured nicely for Hego albeit given way to huge experience uh, but like he looked to be ready uh, he would be a massive loss but I think if he wasn't to make it if it is to be that he's injured I would be I would be reaching for Derek Harkin uh, as a wing back rather than Killian I think Killian maybe is 15-20 minutes to go might be more his game because I don't think maybe Killian and he's a fit guy he's a I don't know if he'd have you know real 60 minutes of going up and down with the likes of Hego or whoever maybe Tom Morrissey and I just think that if it is to be that way I would I would be I'd like to see Derek Harkin because he's again similar height he plays wing back with Ballyhale it's probably his better position but look I don't know and I'm not I'm not dodging the question I genuinely don't know they've kept it very very tight uh, but if it is a rib injury, if it is a lung injury, you know, I don't think you could put a lad on the field, you know. So all will be revealed in time, I'd say, like I said, late late Friday evening, maybe Saturday morning, we'll get a, a sniff of that. If David Blanchfield out, is out, I think this is probably now when the absence of Connor Brown or Mikey Carey maybe comes home to roost where you don't have that maybe engine to come in and replace him. So that, that might that might hurt him in that regard. I asked the two boys, Tom, about, about matchups and they maybe looked at it from a Kilkenny point of view as in who needs to stop who. Um, you know, Canark and Kylie generally don't like man-mark anybody or anything like that. But from a Limerick point of view, I suppose who's the player that you're worried about Who's the player that you're thinking, okay, if this lad turns it on, we're in a bit of bother. And maybe who do you expect to pick up that player, whoever it is? Yeah, look, and I suppose the obvious ones are, are Owen Cody and, and TJ. Like, um, I suppose Owen Cody is in contention as well for player of the year. So to be interesting, I'd say more than likely probably Mike Casey that might pick up Owen. And um, I'd say probably Dan Morrissey would be detailed with TJ. Like, and look, they're in the form of their lives as well. And if you can curtail them, then it gives us a massive chance. But look, going back to what Eddie was saying, I, 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 I'd agree that the main battle is going to be around midfield there and stopping, said the likes of Dara Donovan and getting the ball into Aaron Galan. And that, that was the, the big matchup I, I was going to say. But um, Owen Cody, let's see, he's, he's just, he's, he's nearly the stamp of Aaron Galan as well. Like he's able to win his own dirty ball, like and take a score from anywhere. And, and he's he's bold enough as well to put the head down and go for a goal. Like he's, he's willing to take a slap, like um, was a bit like John in his head there, like but, uh, and give one too. <laughs> <laughs> John, John was the best. I, I, I John was the best man. Back, 
I didn't give it all back to you, Tom. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> John was the best man. You, I, I, it used to really bug me when lads didn't wear a helmet. If they got a belt in the head, it was a free immediately. And all the lads that went to protect their head by wearing a helmet, when they got slapped, they just stayed on. But because he'd no helmet on, he'd be busted open or something like that. And it had to be a free straight away. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, you, were, you were no fool, John, in fairness. Um, Tom, just quickly, we talked about the ball that Galan gets in. I'd imagine you've been on the other side of that. You've been the man trying to quit out that in training at different stages. Like, what, what do you do? Is it, what do you do as a defender? Um, is it is it all about the supply? Is it all about cutting it off at source, as, as uh, the lads were kind of saying? Yeah, and like it's no matter, I suppose, who you, what defender you are, whether you're Sean Finn or any of these boys, like it's if the ball coming in is that good, like you just can't you can't do anything about it because the movement as well of the light of the guys inside, like they're they're just they're constantly looking for that just that extra yard. So if you play them from the front. They're kind of ghosting in behind you, and and they're trying to get a yard going the other way, and they'll draw, and or else Galan will look for high and over your head, and he'll catch it like draw. So it, it's it, in training we, we used to be just swinging at them. So I used to be, uh, yeah, you just have to be touch tight, and you have to try, I suppose, and try and play them from the half yard in front of them, and, and just try and <laughs> beat them on a foot race out there, like. But it's, it's just headlock city. Yeah. <laughs> He can't. He can't win the ball if he's on the ground. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then oh, jump up and start roaring at the ref. He's out there pulling yeah. me down. Ref. <laughs> Reverse psychology. <laughs> um, I think the great thing about Galan, from a Limerick point of view, is is that even if you are hanging out of him, it's just knowing that they can put that high ball in, and he just goes yeah. in behind, and he did it in the semi final. Like Dottie Burke is one of the best fullbacks we've ever seen, and he still managed to kind of really, really subtly probably played a hurl and just ghost in behind and then it's a goal and that's probably something that Kilkenny... I'm sure the Kenny boys had that down to a fine art. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, we, 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 we most certainly have the balance right here today. You know, we two corner, but two touch by cornerbacks and two corner. <laughs> <laughs> who, who do you want, Johnny? Who do you want? <laughs> that's a fact. I, I, think, I think Tommy used to time it at the very last second and all of a sudden your, your helmet would just push up over your eyes and that was it. You, you, you were out of the game, but he had a time perfectly under high ball. JJ, JJ wouldn't have been too far behind him either. Um, yeah. I, just, I just come back to you, Tom, really quickly. On, you've obviously, uh, you've had Nicky Quaid behind you for several years throughout your career. Um, the puck out battle and the goalkeeping battle on Sunday is fascinating. While Owen Murphy is probably lauded for, you know, one of the greatest saves of all time and he's the highlight reel of the greatest saves of all time. Nicky's made some great saves too. But in possession, he controls the game, doesn't he? And I presume Eddie mentioned there, I think 16 points came off the Kilkenny or off the Limerick puck out in last year's All-Ireland final. Like, Kilkenny kind of need to kind of stop him, don't they? They need to cut out those areas of space because he's so good at finding them. Yeah, and it's and it's something I noticed this year as well. Is a lot, a lot of the teams have their homework done on the Limerick puckouts this year, like, and they have been shutting it down compared to other years. Like you, you see there the amount of times that Tom Morrissey or Broad Hegarty would pop up in 10, 15 yards of space, and Nicky was able to pick him out. Whereas this year now, teams seem to have kind of copped onto that, and they're going more zonal, and they're kind of pushing up as well, cutting out that kind of trying to cut out that ball to the half back line or the midfielders. But look. There's no doubt about it. Nicky does pull the strings with the puckouts, like and it, he, like the way he can find the player and stuff in, in the space and see he can see where the player is going to end up. You know, he's not he's not trying to put it straight down top of him. Like he's put he's, he's trying to hit it away from him into the space and stuff like that. So like it's I think Kilkenny do need to push up on them and then they need to zone and mark if they're going to kind of curtail the puckouts. Yeah, I felt that was a big. I thought it was something that last year. Kilkenny never figured that out during the whole All Ireland. Like there was never a stage where they just said, "Look, change it up." They just they they, they played the game on Limerick's terms, and Limerick dictated where the Kilkenny backs went. You know, they brought them where they wanted to go, and then they broke out. But I think does someone say I heard there last night? Is it true that he had ninety percent success against Galway off his puckouts? Would that be no, right, sure? In the second yeah, half, be, maybe? It or it the, definitely in the second half, anyway. I'd the say, second yeah. half, maybe. Something like that, that he just literally just ran the show for them. like so. This this, this is where Walter Welch is key, lads. And this is where I feel like uh, Derek Ling has to start Walter Welch. Walter Welch is no better man to come back in that deep line, half-forward role than, than Walter Welch. You know, you could have Walter on one wing. Uh, the other wing, who they probably have to probably be Billy Ryan. So straight away, 
you're cutting off, you're cutting off both, both channels. Another interesting one, lads, I just want to throw it out there. Who's Mikey Butler gonna gonna pick up? Do we do you put him Peter on Casey. Do you put him on no. Peter Casey? Or or here's the one. Naturally, Peter Casey is gonna come out, roam around as as uh, roam around as that that extra extra one from, from the corner four position. Do you put Paddy Deegan on him? And de- then do you put Mikey Butler on potentially Tom Morris? Interesting. Yeah, you, I just, yeah, I suppose he looks to be the perfect fit for Casey because he plays very, very deep. But equally then, look, you're saying Tom Morrissey, but I suppose what you don't want to do is that you don't want to have lads all over the place either. Like, I think you're, 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 you're trying to find that balance. But yeah, like, who's, who's, the, who's the lame deer in that Limerick team? No one. That's the problem. Like, so you're still going to have to, like, there's, there's, there's very few of those battles that you're saying well, if we can break even and slightly win it, like win a 55, 45%, that's what you're looking at. That's how thin the margins are going to be. So it'll be interesting to see because I don't think, like for me, no, no way. I think Galan has to be met with, I think Hugh Lawler is the man for Galan, end of. Then it leaves you with Tommy Welsh to deal with Shamey. And the problem is you focus on Galan, Shamey could run a muck either. Like So, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's, there's a lot of it that's going on and you still each one is going to have to deliver. But Mikey Butler looks to be a little bit more comfortable. And what he also does too, lads, is if you have Conor Fogarty tucking in, helping out the backs, Paddy Deegan, Mikey Butler gives you something going up the fields. And he has shown that this year. And maybe Derek has given him a little bit more license to, to, to say, well, what, what better way maybe than to put someone like Peter Casey on the back foot is if you have Mikey Butler carries two or three up hard up the field and creates a little score. You know what? You know that that was what they done to Tony Kelly the last day, and as I said, happy days. Tony Kelly's blown his own twenty-one. Bingo. Yeah, in this year's championship, Mikey Butler scored a point from play against Galway in the round robin. He got a great goal in the Leinster final, and he made two runs up the pitch even the last day against Clare. So I'd kind of be something similar to you, Eddie. I'd say he'll he'll track Casey to a fair extent, and he might even try and put him on the back foot. Um and. Casey's on-scene work and the foraging he does yeah, in yeah. defence is just absolutely huge. If if some of that is taken away or if Butler's able to get in and win a couple of kind of dirty rooks or dirty balls, I think that could have Kilkenny on the front foot. And, and, the, and the other thing, Mikey, is Mikey Butler won't be taking Peter Casey around the neck on them freeze that he seems to always kind of get caught for. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, yeah that's a fact. <laughs> there's the, there's a, they're, they're both about five foot seven, so he's no excuse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd, imagine, I'd imagine myself and Tom are big fans of John Keenan and the way he referees, but the two boys, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie and John, and John Milan might not be, but Tom, uh, Tom, he's going to have a fair say on the type of game we're going to have. Uh, as of this minute, it's his last match to referee because he's hitting the 50, hitting the 50 mark. And once you hit the 50 mark, you can't referee inter-county games anymore. Now that rule might change. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if it did because you can't let a referee like that go out the, go out the side door. But, he will play into the type of game it's going to be as well. If he if he swallows the whistle, as we say, and as most of us probably want him to, does, does that favour Limerick a bit more than Kilkenny in the sense that Limerick do play really on the line? James Owens is blown for 25 minutes in the semi-final. Then all of a sudden, he, he stopped blowing. If are, Keenan, you saying, are you saying this Kilkenny team? Oh. <laughs> no, they, they, they do, but I think, I think he have it down to a fine art at the moment. Do you think John Keenan, if he referees the way we expect them to that it might help your lads a bit more um, I just, to be honest I don't know like in fairness he, he refereed the, the most of the final last year like and it was, it was a great game Joe yeah. he, he did let things flow like and he, look it's a bit of common sense too like you, you need that because these, these lads are they're absolute machines and like their they're, they're physicality and stuff like that so like, it's very hard to, to if you're going if you're Going to go by the rule book in every single aspect. Like mm. it's, it, these fellas are, are are nearly professional athletes. Like the way they're playing at the moment. Like and it, it's gone through the roof the last couple of years. And and they're playing at such a high speed. Like it's in. We're probably as well after to let it flow. Like and look, I suppose you, you can't you can't be, I suppose uh, pulling for everything. Like but I I just think he he is a good referee and he does yeah. tend to let things flow. Like and I think that will just add to the spectacle as well. And look as you're saying. It's 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 Limerick are going for history. Kenny are defending their history, like so. It, it, there, 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 I don't think there's been enough build up about this either. No, like, there's not, and it's it's a pity. And yeah, you know I, what, Tom? You know what, Tom? If, if you were to ask John Kylie and Kinnork in the aftermath of the Clare Kilkenny game, this is this is no disrespect to Kilkenny. 
I think they'd actually prefer to play Kilkenny because I think if they were to play player, I think you know, you're on about Eddie touched on it, the razzmatazz, and I think you, you know you can kind of get sucked into that. I think you would have had all that big build up, and that that can be a bit, bit of a drain. And then you know, from a, from from a player's point of view, you you have it in the back of your mind that oh Jesus, imagine now if this crowd stop us from doing <laughs> doing four in a row. But that's that's taken away from this Limerick team where they're playing Kilkenny. You know, if Kilkenny are to beat them, Kilkenny beat them. They don't have, you know, the worry in the back of mind saying, Jesus, if, if Clare are to overcome us and we'll have to listen to it for the rest of our lives, like, oh, Jesus, Clare were the team to stop us in four in a row. They have none of that. It's very, very low key. Kylie has managed it brilliantly the last couple of weeks. And as Eddie touched on it, it's, it's hard to believe that they're actually going for four in a row and, and they've, they've managed to keep it so low key. So I actually think that. It's, it's actually perfect for Limerick in a way that they're playing Kilkenny rather than playing Clare in the final. Yeah. No, Eddie, I'm, you might, go on, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Go on, Tom. No, I, I was just saying, yeah, definitely, because like, any time you play a Clare, no matter what it, what's it in, be it uh, the water crystal or anything, there was always a bite or an edge there. Like, and it's just, I suppose, just the rivalry, like they're just over the road there for us. It was just... As John was saying, just if you do lose to them, like you know, you would never get over it. Like you'd be listening to them and stuff like that. But yeah, no, look, I I don't think the John Kylie and them would have said, oh, we'd rather play this crowd over that crowd. I suppose that's just us, the spectators, adding to it as well. Like, but you just know what you're going to get with Kenny, like, and and I just I just think that what John has done, as as it, as John Milan was saying there, like that uh, he's he's managed this so well, like that. There isn't such a big deal being made out of it at the moment. Like, but I, I just think it's a pity, just from an advertisement point of view, like for, for yeah. Hurling and stuff like that, that there hasn't been more made out of it because of what's at stake. Just Eddie, yeah. on the, the, the Limerick four in a row is one thing, but the Kilkenny four in a row is another thing. And it's a bit unthinkable that Kilkenny could potentially lose their last four All Ireland finals if they're beaten on Sunday. And I'm sure that's a big. That's something that would stick in the craw the lads that are playing. And Owen Cody maybe alluded to it when he said that they didn't get credit after you mentioned in the show a week or two ago that the credit comes from from winning all Ireland. So while there mightn't be that right, you know that intense, you know, monster rivalry maybe between Limerick and Clare, these Kilkenny boys <coughs> surely are ravenous and have yeah. a massive, massive point to prove here. Yeah, and that's the reality. And and I suppose it's not even. The aspect of of stopping Limerick, I think it's more so that this group have lost three All Irelands, and I think you know that would be something that would be an awful kind of blight on their CV to a point. And you'd love them to to, to go and achieve a little bit of history as well. So does, does that that side of it? I'd imagine it is driving them. It should be driving them because I know we all know what it's like when you come up short, and it just motivates a group very much so going into the following year. So can, can you have? You know, in 12 months now, they have an opportunity to to kind of, you know, they can't play last year's All-Ireland, but it's an opportunity for them to to make their own little bit of history. Um, and I think the, like the lads are like, Jesus, Tom, imagine if Claire were there and bet you, you'd never get them to leave the city. Like, they, 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 they'd, be setting up, they'd be setting up permanency inside Limerick and, and you wouldn't hear the end of it probably for five years. But yeah, I think, and, and it's the same for Kilkenny too. I think Kilkenny know that they're going to have to beat the best. They're going to have to beat the, the team that is the benchmark for the last five, six years in Ireland. The best hurling team, they're the best prepared team, ability-wise, skill-wise, everything. So there's going to be massive value if they can do the business. You know, it, it's going to be an All-Ireland that they're going to have to earn the hard way. They're going to have to go and earn it. You know, Limerick, Jesus, I can't recall the last time that any team has beaten them by one to three points in Championship Hurling over the last few seasons. Like, and I'd even argue that 17 match, I think you were maybe playing in Nolan Park, Tom. Limerick should have beaten Kilkenny that night below in Nolan Park. So, Kilkenny are going to have to get everything right and they're going to have to, I suppose, get a little slice of luck too. You need that on the day. But it's going to be an All-Ireland that both sides will say, you know, they've earned it. And if you look at this year's Munster campaign, it has been, in my view, the best round-robin Munster campaign since, it's, since it came in almost to the point that it's nearly leaving the All-Ireland series a slight bit in its shadow, a tiny bit. It's been so good. So uh, there's a huge prize at stake. There's going to be huge value. There is no such thing as 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 ever a handy All-Ireland. 
but this is going to be an All Ireland that is going to be massively earned by either team. And, and Verney, can I, I can, gonna... Verney, can I just say one thing as well? And it's kind of, it's kind of, I think it needs to be said. And I think they need going forward. I think the the GA or Crow Power they have to take a leave out of the, the LGFA or the or, or the Camogie Association, where there's no there should be no club fixtures on All Ireland finally. Yeah, like, like, like that should be across the board. Like, like, what's the rush? Like, you have some championships that are that are throwing out fixtures there Sunday, and I think going forward, something has to be one place. I know even even your own uh, uh, fellow county man, Brian Carr, he's in an awful predicament Sunday. He's on radio duties, and he's supposed to be uh, helping Laura out as well for the for an R tip final. I, I, I just feel going forward that there should be no and I think it's something that has to be put in place going forward the next couple of years all Ireland finally is all Ireland finally the whole country every club player everyone out there should go and enjoy the day and they shouldn't be worrying about yeah. any club fixtures and I think there should be no club fixtures on all Ireland finally well particularly John when we're playing the finals in July like it's not when yeah. we're playing the first week first Sunday in September and there's a mad rush or anything like that Do you know so I definitely echo those sentiments I know there's awfully championship on over the weekend Friday and Saturday there could be a few games Sunday but I would agree with you I think it should be a clear date uh, you know free in the calendar Eddie I'll just throw this to you quickly where can Kilkenny get joy out of Limerick like you oh, look geez. to try and you look to try and find weaknesses um, or is it more of a thing like where, to me, I think if Kilkenny are going to win, I think I pick out three players. I'd say Tommy Walsh, Tom Phelan, and Billy Ryan will have to have the game of games. They'll have to play probably above what we've seen so far. I just think that's what's going to be needed. The unheralded players are going to have to really step up. But where do you think Kilkenny could get some joy or what? Do they, they need to set an unbelievable tempo from the first minute? and basically keep the, the, the foot on the throat till the very last minute. Well, that's it. And, and Tom touched on that earlier on. Like, you go back to 19. As that match wore on, we were fading, fading, fading. And we, you know, we got there. Ultimately, the foundations of the first 20 minutes was, was what sustained us. And Limerick shooting that day, I think 14 wide, maybe something like that as well. So, uh, and a little bit of luck at the end where Killian Buckley got a touch on, on Donovan's sideline. But yeah, no, I think those three guys, like... Often for all Ireland finals, an unheralded player comes in and has the game of games. Like you take even, was it Kyle had the man of the match in 18 against Galway? You know, as a centre forward, a young guy, now not unheralded, we all knew he was good and all that. But he announced himself really to the to the Harlem world that day. So sometimes it can be a guy like that. And, and I agree with you, Mick, they do. We need, geez, I'd love my own clubman to go absolutely cracked on Sunday and shoot the lights out. But I think it's probably more so the overall breaking even and holding and sustaining it. Uh, I, I would argue, again, John said it there, and it kind of, I'd love, I felt if we had to start to Richie Hogan and Dollar and last year would have put Limerick thinking a small bit more. So I think Richie might have a big influence. I think it's going to be that coming down with 10 minutes to go, I think that we're on the shoulder or slightly in front of the shoulder, and then it's going to be to deliver a goal. Then I think we're going to need to deliver a goal coming down that final straight, just minute 68, 69-ish, Kilkenny need to get a point or two in front and, and then maybe deliver a blow, but force Limerick a little bit to come at them because Limerick are so good and so composed in that area. I would call it probably the, the, the death zone like going up Mount Everest where just the oxygen is now getting very, very thin and they seem to thrive in that area. So therefore, Kilkenny need to be a little bit more than arm's length ahead of them. And that is easier said than done. But I do think we're going to need a goal around minutes 67, 68 to put us up to maybe three or four points. And that might be just a shot of adrenaline that kicks you for home. And maybe force Limerick that they're chasing it in extra time, which is something that they've shown before they're capable of. But I think if we're going to succeed, that's what we're going to need. We need to be out in front coming to that finishing post. Yeah, you're going to need to try... You're going to need to be thriving in the last few minutes rather yeah. than surviving, aren't you, really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you don't want to be chasing. Yeah. You don't want yeah. to be Hail mary it. Yeah. Uh, lads, I think we've looked at this nearly every way we possibly can, so it's probably time to put the, the head on the block. I'll start with you, Tom. If you can oh. give me a, a score predi- score prediction and who you reckon might be man of the match. Um, score prediction. Uh, you know... <laughs> I, Sorry, I think lottery numbers too, Tom. If you have, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I look. I reckon 
if Limerick play the way they did in the last 30, 40 minutes against Galway, I, I just think like that they'll just have too much for Kilkenny. And I, I can see him winning four or five points. I'd say something maybe like uh, 126 to maybe, I'd say maybe two, 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 tw- uh, 219 or something like that, I think. You were doing your maths there fairly quickly. Uh, you're going to be sure it was four or five. Will you? You're on the money. It's oh, four. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think uh, for man of the match, Tom? You know, Eddie mentioned there, maybe it's an unheralded player. The last, I think Garod's got it in two of the last three years. I think he's 314 from play in the yeah, last yeah. three All Ireland finals. He's, he's doing a big game. Like. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah. Would, would, he, no. would he be someone you'd be thinking? But that's the thing. Like, you, like, you have so many fellas that could just pop up and, 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 and do the business. Look, Darren Donovan has won two or three men of matches already this year. Aaron Galan has won a few. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to stick with Galan for men of the match. Okay, if he wins man of the match, he's, he's an absolute shoo-in for, for Hurler Deer, you'd have to say as well. John, how are you How are you seeing it? Score prediction, man of the match? I think the start is key for uh, for Kilkenny. You go back to last year's final, they got off to a, a fairly poor, poor start. I think if they can... First 20 minutes... Uh, they need to set the tone. I think uh, really go at Kilken- really go at Limerick. I think if they're there at half, I think they've really got to break this game into into quarters. What they can't allow to happen, what they did allow to happen last year, when they got level, they went ten minutes without a score. They can't allow that yeah. to happen, and they can't ten minutes against against Limerick going without a score. That's a big big no no. Uh, look, and again, I feel they have to start Walter, Walter, Walter Welch. I think they have to get the matchups right. But I just think ultimately, I think it will come down to the bow benches again. I think it'll be that tight. I think I, I foresee Kilkenny bringing everything to the table, throwing the kitchen sink at, at Limerick. And ultimately, I think it will come down to that last 10 minutes. And I think the deciding factor will be bow benches. And I just feel Limerick have a slight edge with the. With, uh, with, with our finishers uh, to come off the bench and I will be thinking maybe a scoreline of 124 to 122 in Limerick's favour Man of the match as well John in Man of the match I think if Kilkenny win I'm thinking Adrian Mullen will have a big one and I just feel look we've seen time and time again where you know we're always on the lookout for the players that are coming into this final in a rich vein of form and sometimes it's the unknown player where there's not much talk about him and I just think that Someone like King Lynch, lads, you know, yeah. steps last year, you know, on crutches. There's very little talk about King Lynch. And I just feel if he can find that extra 10, 15%, 20% of his game, he could be the potential match winner for Limerick the weekend. So Perfect. King Lynch, if Limerick win, AJ Mullen, if Kilkenny win. Perfect. Before I throw over to, over to you, Eddie, I'm going to go with something like 128 Limerick. 221 Kilkenny, um, and I just think Kilkenny won't be able to break Make down sure. the Limerick. Leinster sorry, man. Eddie. Sorry, yeah, Leinster is one thing, but you have to use your, you have to use your head as well. Um, and I just think Kilkenny won't be able to break down the Limerick half back line. Um, Burns or Burns or Hayes for man of the match. I'm going to go with probably probably Dermot Burns. Eddie, does Hart does Hart rule the head or what's the story? Yeah. Um... It does, it does. Sure, geez, they know what I want, and 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 you'd love to be talking. You'd, you know, you'd, geez, you'd, you'd you'd be lepping like a young calf out of slats. You know what I mean? To get out in Croke Park and all every day, it's just magical. Um, but I think, uh, look for Kilkenny. I'm going to go. You you have to go all out. I suppose he he who dares wins. I think something like, uh, I think Kilkenny will hit maybe three nineteen something like that. And I think if they can keep Limerick to under 25 points which is a hard hard thing to do maybe maybe the 320 to to, to something like 25 20 you know it, it, we need to get under that uh, we might get home by a point something around that so uh, man of the match then I'm going to say um, Jesus I think I'll go with John I think maybe it could be someone like Mullen I think he's he was rusted last day still very effective and I think two weeks will have brought him on a lot and he is a big man that we need I thought when he was cracked that knuckle he was gone for the year it's savage to have him back so hopefully Mullen could be the, the one to deliver It's funny you said he who dares wins We have you have your own Del Boy on the sideline and Derek Ling and everything huh? You know, <laughs> you know it makes sense This time next year they could be millionaires 
Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I don't know. I can't see Peter Barry falling down like Rodney though beside him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's absolutely super, uh, gents. Thanks a million. With, uh, great, uh, great preview for the All Ireland. That's it for this week's show. My thanks to Eddie Brennan, John Milan, and our special guest. Tom Condon for joining me. We'll be back next Monday to review all the action. And in the meantime, don't forget to rate, review and follow the show on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from. Thanks for listening and goodbye. This is an Irish independent podcast.